0: 97.1 FM Talk Podcast.
1: All right, welcome back into the Mark Cox Morning Show, where I finally sound a bit more like myself than I did when the show started at 5 o'clock this morning.
2: Oh, it, there we go. How many <laughs> cups of tea have you had so far uh, this morning? About
1: six. Carl said, "Go, you should have some tea. There's some tea in the kitchen, and I've been making tea ever since, and for some reason that magic elixir has made my voice sound better. Leaf water. I, it. I guess. I, yeah, that's what the... That's what uh, Ted called it, right? Well, he calls it leaf, something dirtier, it it.
3: <laughs> leaf water garbage. I mm. think is what he called it. Yum. Yeah.
1: Uh, anyway, that's that's. I, I'm glad that I'm sounding better because I sounded like I had gravels in my throat when I got here this morning, and I, I, I can't put my finger on why. I feel fine. I don't have any other symptoms other than that.
2: Well, I feel like a lot of people <clears> have <throat> been randomly losing their voice.
1: Yeah, Annie was out. I think um, last Friday because she just suddenly couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that it's nothing like that. Uh, definitely something going around though. I've been I've been taking my my zinc uh, every morning uh, uh, with uh, along with the vitamin C just to try to ward off anything like that.
2: I appreciate that. I told Carl during commercial break. I'm like, if Mark's voice goes out, I might be filling in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you might. Let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. I'll uh, I'll do my best not to talk too much today, although that's never going to happen. So
2: Your wife might like that.
1: <laughs> my wife would be all in favor of that idea, for sure. She's always wished she had a, a dump button like Carl has over there, but she doesn't have one of those.
2: Maybe so. like a soft mute button on um, our TV. You can do a soft mute or a full-on mute.
1: Even the ability to, to have a volume control would make her happy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Use yeah. your indoor voice. She says that to me all the time, and I'm like... <laughs> You scare small children. I'm like, no, no, I don't. Come on. That's not fair. But
2: really fast, I know you're trying to get to the short list here. Is <laughs> it a thing that men really don't know how to whisper? Like, if you whisper, are you really talking in your normal voice, or do you actually whisper?
1: Well, it depends on whether I'm talking to my wife or not.
2: <laughs> so she would say no, you She can't would whisper. say no, but okay. to you,
1: I can whisper. You'd think
2: my was Joe Biden. Because I joke about that with my husband, but I yeah. feel like a number of men I know, when they whisper, like in church, for example, it's very loud.
1: Yeah, I could, I could. She doesn't think I have a low volume. Let's just put it that way. Maybe there's something to that. Um, Mark Close swore I swallowed a speaker as a small child. That's what he told me one time. <laughs> what do you think, Carl's like? Hmm,
2: You're in hmm, a good career fine. if you have a. If you don't talk softly, this is the perfect job for
1: yeah, you. Yeah, I rarely need a microphone when I'm out at speaking events. Uh, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to uh, take a look at a. Uh, a cold case uh, here in Missouri that uh, that has been uh, um, cracked and uh, we're going to check in with an attorney, Ken Belkin on that case uh, coming up here shortly. And is it true that those Gen Zers are all still living in mom and dad's basement? Well, a surprising number of them are, we're going to get to that for you at the bottom of the hour. Maybe the reasons behind that, but first here's the short list.
4: The Mark Cox
1: shortlist.
4: The people we elect to run the government needs to be the ones who actually run the government, not the shadow government
1: in the deep state that runs the show today. How about that? Ramaswamy losing his voice a little bit as he was out there campaigning for President Trump up in New Hampshire.
4: Under the Trump administration, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world with record low unemployment rates for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans.
1: Yep, preach it. Uh, Donald Trump reminding the people in New Hampshire what's on the line, uh, particularly compared to Bidenomics.
5: He, he wouldn't be talking about this if he didn't acknowledge the economy is doing pretty damn well, on it, particularly
4: for people who, in fact, need the most help. Hmm.
1: Carl, was the lid on? Why does it sound like he's in a toilet bowl or something? (laughs) Maybe he was. (laughs) That's probably it, Carl. They put the lid on it like 10 a.m. yesterday. Nobody's seen or heard from from Joe Biden since then. Uh, These are scary times we're living in, (laughs) for sure. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a man to test the will and goodness of a free people. So God made a dictator. Uh, you could not make this stuff up. So, so I watch every morning. I watch MSNBC. I'm, I'm gesturing over my shoulder here. Bad radio. If you're watching on the Facebook page, you'll see me. We have a monitor up here with multiple feeds on it all at once. I'm watching CNN. We got BBC on up here. We got MSN, DNC is on up here, and uh, every morning I I expect what I see on Scarborough and these other shows because they're going to bash president trump uh about everything doesn't matter what it is i mean he they call him a dictator they claim that he's authoritarian that he's going to take control and never let go he'll never leave the white house uh, he he may he may murder people when he's president because he thinks he can get away with it i mean just all kinds of silly stuff like that right
2: well, currently, MSNBC has a lower third that says the GOP's Trump addiction. Yep.
1: They're now they're now <laughs> examining the addiction. The Y'all have has.
2: mental illness if you support Donald Trump. <laughs> it's true. And this is what they think.
1: And then I heard this thing that I just played for you. And I thought, it's got to be from the left. But it's not. You know what it's from? It's from the Lincoln Project. You know what the Lincoln Project is? It's a bunch of Republicans who hate Donald Trump? Who formed the Lincoln Project? Uh, so they can try to make some hay out of out of their hatred of Donald Trump. So they put together what it has to be a minute long video with images of Trump walking in the background and images of the the leader of North Korea, all comparing Donald Trump to a dictator, and and they got a guy basically sounding like he's quoting bible verses while he does it. god said i need a man who failed in everything but theft and broken promises to live in a golden palace and convince the poor he serves their needs so god made a dictator god said i need a wicked man to lead the common folk with hatred and fear so god made a dictator god said i need a corrupt man who is above the law and immune from justice So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who will use violence to seize power. So God made a dictator. (laughs) And all the time you're seeing images of Donald Trump and, um, you know, Putin and uh, Hitler. They're showing all of these images comparing Donald Trump and suggesting that he would be a dictator. If he became president,
2: which is funny, because remember that town hall and and they asked Trump if he would be a dictator and he said, yeah, I'll be a dictator the first day, but we're going to close the border and burn baby burn. And all the mainstream media ran with that and was like, see, Trump admits he'd be a dictator. It's like, come on, you guys. He says one thing and it's kind of flippantly saying it like, come on, I'm kidding around. Like, I'm not going to be a dictator, but we are going to do these things.
1: Which he pointed out in that uh T- town Hall he did the other night on Fox. He's like, everybody took that. The media took that and ran with it because right. they're liars. Mm-hmm. That, that's what and he made that point again yesterday.
4: Russia would have never attacked Ukraine, would have never done it. Putin and I get along fine. We get along very well. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. The fake news, which I would I, if the fake news would become real and honest news, of our problems in this country would be solved.
1: (laughs) It's the truth. It's the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the the media hates him for labeling them fake news. And that's exactly what you're getting on MSNBC most of the time. Uh, It's all through their lens. They only tell you what they want you to hear. It's it's just amazing. It is. It's sad. It's what it is. All right. uh, Coming up, uh, we're going to talk to Ken Belkin. He's an attorney. He's been looking at this cold case here in uh, Missouri that was – that basically cracked by a YouTuber. How about that? Uh, down in the, the uh, Camdenton area near the lake. So we're going to talk to him about that uh, coming up. And then the issue of Gen Z still living in mom and dad's basement. 3rd date. Download
2: the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first 3 orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of 4
0: amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New
4: iPhone 15s?
0: Only at T-Mobile get 4 iPhone 15s on us and 4 lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch
2: you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: You know, Kim, I have, uh, I have been, I've been very blessed because uh, both of my kids, who have both graduated from college, are gainfully employed, off the payroll. Uh, so I've been blessed in that, and. I'd like to credit that to good parenting, but I don't know that that's completely true because I know a lot of other people who are good parents, but their kids still live in the basement. Right. So, you know, it's decisions people make, um, but Gen Z seems to be particularly prone to that right now. We got Randy Jones on the phone with us. He is a a financial advisor, and he's been looking at this issue of uh, maybe a third of Gen Z kids still living at home. Randy, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Mark and Tim. <laughs> good, good to have you on here. I mean, that, you, you can't – it's hard to put your finger on exactly why. Is this is this that much different than than past generations?
5: I don't know. I think I see the trend starting to grow a lot more, you know, whether it be more student loans, lower pays, cost of living, or just sometimes the kids just aren't prepared. You know, everybody's following their purpose and passion, but they're not looking for jobs. So I don't know. It can be a combination. <laughs>
2: I think that's part of the problem is that people are going to, just for example, not to pick on McDonald's, but they're going to McDonald's and flipping burgers and they're saying, why can't I make rent? And and I understand you should be able to (laughs) have a full time job and make rent. But it's like people are acting like this should be a career to support a family.
5: Right. Right. I mean, I remember in the beginning, you know, I had to get roommates. And so I think some people have gotten away from some of the things that work and, you know, being honest, you know, things are costing more. Cost of living, and you know, housing, all that stuff is skyrocketing nowadays, and, and the salaries just haven't kept up as well.
1: Yeah, well, I know, you know, if people go to their financial advisor uh, and say, all right, I didn't plan for this. <laughs> I, I kind of thought, you know, if we, if we got through college or we got through the trade school, they'd be moving out on their own and, and taking off. There's probably a lot of pressure on these kids as well because of housing costs, right?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with a lot of my clients, we're now having the discussion of not, you know, you hear about companies having startup funds, but, you know, parents are starting to put away money called get started funds. Like they're paying one year, of you know, half of their, um, their kids rent just to get them started and keep them out of their house. You know, everybody's talking about the empty nest, but a lot of my clients, their nest is starting to get full again. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, obviously, I support if you're going to college, I support (laughs) focusing on your studies. But one mistake that I made was I didn't work as much through college. I I really was, Mm -hmm. you know, I was interning, um, but not really making money at the TV station. So I almost wish I had worked through college and it would have helped with some of these student loans that I had been paying off for years.
5: Yeah. And when we talk about student loans, I sit down with my young adult clients and say, look, you know, because their parents will bring them in and we'll have a conversation. And I say, if your student loans are going to be more than what your income is going to be five years from now, then you may want to look at some career choices. You may want to look at some options. A lot of people are just working on a plan A. Sometimes you do need a plan B.
1: Sometimes plan A probably should have been their parents (laughs) saying, you know, basket weaving may not be a great degree (laughs) for you.
5: (laughs) I agree. I had a client, his son said, he's going to be a thespian. And then I said, hey then act like you're getting a job when you get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no
1: kidding. You act like you're getting uh, something other than, uh, you know, bussing tables while you're waiting for that, that big break. And then that's not to make light of it. It is. It, it can be more difficult. And some of these kids right. are coming into a situation now where they, they're facing the highest interest rates we've had for home loans in years.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, years ago, I mean, I have clients who talk about interest rates when they were 18 and 16%. Yes. You know, so I, I guess it's all relative, but I think what we need to do is start to have the conversation sooner than later. I think a lot of parents nowadays, you know, or I wouldn't even put it on the parents, just everybody in general, they're having the conversation too late. Hey, you're about to graduate. What are you gonna do? I think we should be having that conversation like in the very beginning. Begin with the end in mind, sort of um speak, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a good point for for sure. Uh, Randy, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate having you on.
5: Okay, not a problem.
1: You bet, sir. Uh yeah, uh, Randy uh d- joining us this morning. He he is a financial advisor and he tries to give people advice on how you handle that, but I mean most people assume a chronological order of how things are going to go. And mm-hmm. then suddenly you find yourself with with your 20 20- Five-year-old still living in the basement.
2: Yeah, I don't think um, you can yeah. just say, "Oh, we'll just see how it goes." I think you yeah. need to have a plan A, plan B, and maybe even a plan C.
1: Yep, that uh, could very well be it. Coming up, uh, we will get attorney Ken Belkin on here. He is taking a look at a a, a cold case from down in the Camdenton area, around the uh, Lake of the Ozarks there, that was actually cracked by a YouTuber, and uh, we will uh, we'll get into that for you coming up here in just a couple of minutes. We'll be right back.
2: The remains of a missing man have finally been found in Camden County after 10 years of searching. The Camden County Sheriff's Office says they believe they recovered the remains of Donnie Irwin. He went missing on December 29th of 2013.
1: At- yeah, uh, they, this is the case out of uh, Camden County, which is, of course, down near the Lake of the Ozarks. we got attorney Ken Belkin with us uh, this morning. And uh, Ken, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, this was an unusual case because... Uh, Police couldn't solve it for years, and it was a what, was it a YouTuber that ended up solving this case?
4: And this the case is really unbelievable. I mean, it just shows you what one man, one drone, and one YouTube channel can accomplish that all of local law enforcement was one, was unable to do. And what they accomplished was they found Donald Irwin. He was a 59-year-old military veteran who went out purportedly for a pack of cigarettes on December 29th 2013, 10 years ago, and was never seen or heard from again. And James Hinkle, like I said, one man with a drone and a YouTube channel, uh, found this guy's car in a lake. And soon thereafter, they found his body parts. And, you know, at least the family now gets some closure.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to believe that uh, somebody wouldn't have looked in that lake if it was on his path. But, I mean, we I guess you just kind of always assume – uh, that every lead has been followed, right?
4: Look, I, I mean, you would certainly think that, that law enforcement did everything that James Hinkle could do but it, within 10 years, but he got back out there on the 10-year anniversary of the case, and he decided to make another go at it, and he really cracked the case.
1: Well, it's uh, pretty amazing uh, that it happened uh, right down in Camden. I'd not heard that story. I was unfamiliar yeah, and now with it, yeah. my
4: daughter my, my daughter is now saying this is exactly the reason I should allow her to have a YouTube channel. <laughs> I was gonna... I'm, not sure, I'm, not, I'm not sure my <laughs> eight-year-old daughter is going to be cracking cold
2: cases. I can imagine, Ken. This is Kim, by the way. You know, a lot of people I've heard, when you ask a kid what they want to do when they're older, they say YouTuber. My gosh, now they're all going to want to be private investigators with a YouTube yeah. channel.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's really wild. I mean, we obviously didn't have that in my day. But you're right. Every kid, every one of our friends, you ask them what they want to be. It's a YouTuber. Well, what do you want to do on YouTube? Well, just be on
1: YouTube. That's good enough. Well, if they could end up finding a way to make a million dollars, I'm all for it. But I I haven't, uh, it's apparently not that easy. Yeah, I think college might still be
4: the safer route. I don't know.
2: Speaking of maybe I'm
4: old-fashioned.
2: Speaking of of YouTube, social media, what's going on in Ohio? Because I know a judge there just issued a, a basically halting the enforcement of this law that would would, would what require kids to get uh, their parents' consent to use these social media apps.
4: Yeah, they wanted the, in Ohio they passed a law that required affirmative parental consent for anyone under 16 to use uh, these these social media apps on the internet. And the judge in this case, which, by the way, the people bringing the case, it's all those social media companies that we we hate or love to hate on for uh, affecting the mental health of our youth and probably some of our adults in this country, Um, they teamed up and they said, hey – This is unconstitutional. It's a violation of the First Amendment, which, as we all think of, is your right to freely express yourself. It also contained in that amendment is your right to freely receive information without the government curtailing it. And he issued a temporary restraining order, felt that this law was overly broad, that, yes, there is a concern, the mental health being impacted by social media in our youth, but... That that's not all that encompasses social media, and this is overly broad. There's a lot of things that the, the, this youth will not be obtaining they, that through their curtailment of internet access. Yeah,
1: yeah, so, something I just wouldn't have thought about uh, to be very honest with you. Hey, I I did want to um, to mention this other story. I thank goodness in so many ways that, <laughs> that 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 dating apps and all this stuff happened long after I would have needed them. But what is this lawsuit that was filed Monday in uh, the Northern district of Illinois? This guy is claiming that women he's dated and maybe even a man are bad mouthing him on a, on a social media app.
4: Well, one thing's clear. Nico D'Ambrosio out of Chicago had a very prolific dating life. (laughs) Uh, So prolific in fact that it earned him 27 negative reviews on Facebook. So he's suing these. And by the way, the the people giving the negative reviews aren't they right i mean how bad of a date is it if you're getting sued at the end of it this is crazy but look uh, you know i'm big on the constitution as you might have gathered by now and you know i don't think the framers of our constitution or the founders of our nation intended the first amendment to be used to protect women from to give negative reviews of men online about their dating but this is exactly what it is they are they are having constitutionally protected opinions. It is their opinion about yeah. this guy. It's not like. He's saying it's defamation, but I haven't seen any evidence that they accused him falsely of committing a crime or something like that. That would be defamation. But just giving your opinion and saying, hey, this guy is the worst date. uh, That's fine. That's totally permissible.
2: Yeah. If you suck as a date, whether you're a man or a woman, don't you think that the other people want to see it so they can avoid going on a date with you and wasting their time? Maybe you should become a better guy. How about that? That's
1: the name of the Facebook page, right? Yeah, it is. Are we dating
4: the same guy? (laughs) I've
2: heard of that Facebook group, by the way. I've not been on it, but I've heard of that.
4: But look, it's incredible. And look, by the way, if he's so concerned about his dating life, who's going to risk dating him now when they have the threat of an impending lawsuit? They're going to want to bring their lawyer on the day with them. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Now he's a pariah. No no (laughs) doubt about it. Uh, Ken Belkin, we appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Thank
2: you for having me. How are you?
1: You bet. Add attorney Ken Belkin there. Yeah. Single
2: hashtag single forever for well, that guy.
1: Are we dating the same guy? You
2: should just go buy all his cats now. Oh, not my to gosh. hate on the cat lovers, but I know Carl's <laughs> giving me that look. All the people who love cats are side eyeing me right Kim now in their cars. Kim Saint Ange, you can send your letters to <laughs>
1: Kim Saint Ange. <laughs> yeah, while you're typing those, we're going to be back in just a minute. Stay, stay tuned. No, that's not some sort of message about Congress, I promise you. Although we did have Congressman Eric Burleson on earlier who told us he is not a fan of this uh, budget deal that's been passed. And right now we've got Chad Pergram up on Capitol Hill for Fox covering this story. Chad, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, I would imagine Eric Burleson, uh, I know he's on the Oversight Committee, he's a he's a freshman legislator up there. He's 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 not happy with Mike Johnson. I know he's not the only one, right?
3: Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of people on the Republican side uh, in the conservative wing of the party that are happy with Mike Johnson right now. I mean, uh, you know, I asked a couple of members just this morning, Warren Davidson from Ohio, a Republican who said that his vote for Mike Johnson, uh, you know, back in October was the worst vote he's ever cast. Wow. Up here. And and he indicated to me, he said, you know, we're just not fighting for the, you know, what they say these core principles are in the Republican Party. And I said, well, you have to work with the Democrats. You have to work with Chuck Schumer. You have to work with the White House, or you're going to have a government shutdown, or you're not going to get anything done. You have to, you, you know, you only have a two operational two seat majority. In the House, I mean, it's not like they have the leverage to ask for all these things, and that's the problem. It's almost as though their political appetite is bigger than their legislative stomach. The math just doesn't work when you want those things. And so there's going to be pushback. Uh, there's a meeting going on right now in the basement of the Capitol, where Mike Johnson he's probably going to walk out of that with his ears bleeding, from uh, you know people shouting at him. Uh, that's what happened this time last week, the first time they got together for the new year. But uh, at the end of the day, you know they're probably going to pass this bill in the House with a coalition of Democrats and Republicans, just like they have other interim spending bills. And Mike Johnson is saying, you know, look, I you know I was given a bad hand, which he was. Um, Dan Newhouse, who's a Republican from Washington State, told me that uh, he said you know, he came into the game with two strikes against him just, just, just to start. You know, this is the best he can do. And that's where you know, a lot of times people want these instant fixes. And you know, as uh, Joni Ernst, the Republican senator from Iowa, said, if we shut down the government, that actually costs more money, and that certainly doesn't help with the border. Uh, you know, that that's a problem there.
2: Chad, this is Kim. I know people have talked about, oh, you know, we're going to oust Mike Johnson. How likely is it, do you think, that there actually could be a vote for that down the road?
3: Uh, I, I think down the road. I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't say there's anything right now that's in play. Um, I mean, the first thing that Mike Johnson has going for him is that he's not Kevin McCarthy. The second thing that Mike Johnson has going for him is that he's not Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> it just seems as though... Republicans like him and everybody I talk to who has these reservations political reservations about him they always start with this caveat of, well i like mike fine as a person i get along with him great he's a friend you know they give give you all these platitudes and things but i i think he might be able to survive simply because uh they just seem to like him better they you know let me let me distill the kevin mccarthy issue for just a second here there was always a coalition of people here And this dates back to 2015 when he did not become the speaker after John Boehner, the former speaker, left, uh, who just were always looking for reasons to vote against Kevin McCarthy. And that's why he didn't become speaker in 2015. And that's why those chickens finally came home to roost in this October vote. And that's why, you know, it took him 15 rounds to become speaker back in January. So some of that is specific uh, to Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think that I'd say probably 70 percent of that speaks to Kevin McCarthy and not so much Mike Johnson or the political situation. there. Wow. So the can gets kicked down the road again. It looks like Uh,
1: Chad, we always appreciate your time. I know you got to run. I appreciate it. Anytime. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Chad Perger from Fox News up on. Capitol Hill.
2: Can you imagine if Johnson if Johnson was ousted? Oh I don't, my gosh! I
1: don't think they're gonna. do I that I don't again. think they will.
2: But oh my! I do not want to go another. How many weeks did we go? Six weeks without a speaker. Yeah. Is that right?
1: Yeah. No. Nobody. Nobody. And I mean nobody is more pissed off than I am about the overspending. Seriously, no. Nobody is. And and the the reason I say that is, even I understand that at some point you can't force a 60th vote in the Senate and Joe Biden's going to veto it anyway. So you've got to get through to when you can get more common sense people elected. I shutting the government down and it doesn't bother me because I didn't notice the last time it shut down, but it's only going to damage you politically for November. At this point, I'm afraid uh, just trying to be a realist about the whole thing. All right. uh, That does it uh, for us today. Kilmeade's up next She'll have more on this particular story. And uh, Kim and Carl and I'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 5 a.m.
4: Get more at
0: 971talk.com.
1: T-Mobile has invested
0: billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.